Welcome to FitChicks Chat, the podcast dedicated to fitness, nutrition, wellness, and mindset. For more information on FitChicks Academy and our upcoming fitness and nutrition expert certification, as well as our holistic nutrition weight loss coaching certifications, please visit fitchicksacademy.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to FitChicks Chat. My name is Amanda Quinn. And my name is Laura Jackson. And on today's podcast, we are talking about the top fitness trends that we believe and that we have read about that are coming up for 2023. Because we are just rounding out the end of 2022 right now. This is basically the last week just after the holidays. Um, We're a couple of days away from New Year's at this point. And I know a lot of people start thinking about health and wellness and all those kinds of things. As we know, like New Year's resolutions, the number one resolution is like the whole like get fit, get healthy. And we'll, I mean, resolutions aside, we're just talking about the idea of a lot of people start thinking about like a new approach to the new year. And so what we wanted to share was just some thoughts around what would be some of the things from a fitness standpoint that maybe are trending, maybe that are going to be brand new, maybe that you're curious about. And then also some of the things that happened in the past that we think is either going to have a resurgence um, or that is going to be something that may, you know, we may be shutting the door on a little bit. So um, now, of course, we're also just rounding out the last, uh, the end of the year. And for anyone who has been listening to our podcast, checking out all of our masterclasses, et cetera, just a reminder that we also have, if you were, if your sort of goal is for 2023 to become certified, we have our um, fitness and nutrition pro bundles available up until the end of this year. So up until December 31st, you can go to fitchicksacademy.com forward slash bundles to learn more. All right. So um, talking about the fitness trends, the first thing I want to talk about is, and this came actually from um, Shape Magazine. So I was looking through and reading through all different people's predictions for trends and everything else in different sites. And these were the ones that particularly stood out for me. They came from Shape Magazine. And the first thing was they were talking about virtual reality workouts. And they were saying that they feel virtual reality workouts were going to be number one. And the interesting thing was I actually read that on three different lists that as their number one prediction was VR workouts. Now, for me, being old school, I suppose, <laughs> the idea of doing a virtual reality workout is like not even in the realm of like my thoughts. Like, I'm just like, I have no idea why I would want to do that or how I would do that or whatever. Like, it just feels like it's so outside of like my personal reality. Kirsten Odor, what do you think about that? Yeah. See, I kind of feel a little bit different. I mean, I don't know if I'd like it, but I'm totally open to trying it because I almost feel like it would be doing like a fitness DVD, which like, you know, let's age ourselves here. That's essentially what we grew up on was not even like not even a dvd we used to do the vhs tapes <laughs> so like the vhs tapes of share workout or richard simmons was like our first and you know it was like a follow-along workout and i think with vr workouts so virtual reality workouts for any of you older people like us um you know it's like you're in the workout right so like you're basically you're wearing those goggles and then you're or whatever I don't even know if it's higher tech than that now, but you wear those goggles and, you know, it's kind of like you're in the workout. So you're in the workout class or you're hiking or you're biking or you're doing whatever. So really using that sensory to kind of put you in that moment. And I just kind of think back to it, like, 
how it was with the VHS tapes or, you know, the DVDs, like the ones that we really liked, the ones that got us motivated, the ones that we felt like we were really like going along with them. Those are the ones we did the most and put in the most effort. So I don't know. I feel like I think it could be really cool if it was done really well. But I think that goes back to the same thing with any workout, you know, any instructor, you've got to find the instructor you like, you've got to find the style of workouts you like. And the thing I do really like about it is the idea that you can do it anywhere. So it, you know, because when we're talking about the trends for 2023, I was thinking a lot about, you know, because we've done this kind of trends every year for the last, like, I don't even know how long we've been doing this, eight years, our podcast or something like that, seven years. And when I look back at the trends, I look at what's going on in the world. It just seems as if, you know, time is even more of the essence. Like people have no time and they're trying to crunch in these workouts So the idea of driving somewhere or traveling somewhere for a workout can feel like a lot for some people. The other thing too, is that, you know, technology obviously has completely changed the way we interact with people. And on top of that, the pandemic, right? So a lot of people are still really nervous about being in groups of people. So I just found it really interesting that like seeing this, the way that technology is shifting it, but I also feel like it could be something that's really cool and accessible to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I see your point definitely. And I agree with that. I think for me, I was just thinking about it from the lens of like, have you ever worn the VR goggles? No. And I get claustrophobic. So I feel like I'd probably be like, so here's the thing. I wore them once. So a friend of ours has them in, I tried them once and it was like this. um, It was a VR sort of experience where I was like climbing up some like building or something or like going through this building. And then I went on the edge and I looked down and it was like, I could see like, you know, five, hundred stories down kind of thing. And I fell on the ground, (laughs) like, because it's actually so weird how it alters your state. And I just think for me, again, this is just talking about my personal ideas of like, when I think about trying to do a workout like that, I feel like it would be really like discombobulating. Like, I feel like I would be like all over the place or like, I don't know, I could be totally wrong. And I'm open to trying it because I love trying and testing new things too. But I just don't know how, I just don't know how it would like fit for me personally, but I feel well, like- if anyone listening wants to sa- send us some VR, we'll, tr- we'll try it out and give you a review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, definitely we'll test it for sure. But yeah, it's just, and I also think about like how like hot that might be like if you're all sweaty and stuff anyways. I know, um, but I'm kind of of two minds too. Cause one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately is, you know, and this ties into some other stuff we're going to be talking about during this, but is the whole mental health aspect of, phys- of physical health. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I have always loved about fitness and about nutrition is there's such a great community of people who are involved in that. So when you're around other people who are also taking care of their fitness and their nutrition, it helps not only to motivate you, but you meet new people. And there's a whole amazing space that is created, right? Which is like one of the things when we had our boot camps that we loved. And so many women loved coming because of the community we created. Yeah, And I know this is not on here, but even though I was just saying about the virtual reality, I also do feel like there's going to be a comeback of group fitness classes. Mm-hmm. As soon as like people are starting to get a little bit more comfortable with the idea of being around groups of people. And I think people are really missing because mental health is like the number one thing of last year that people were struggling with. And a lot of that comes from loneliness, from lack of you know community, from lack of people, from lack of, of physical movement. And I just really feel like, I don't know. I think there's still such a space for that. So I love the idea of having it as like an option, but I also love the idea of 
you know, group fitness really coming back because you can meet so many amazing new people. Like for example, I'm joining this year. Um, I've decided I'm going to take Pilates. So I want to try something new I've never taken before, which also ties into the next thing we're going to talk about, which is mobility training, which is one of the top fitness trends. But for me, I've had this like shoulder injury since my son, because I always am carrying him, right? Picking up, picking him up and something in like is firing in there and I can't figure it out with like massage therapy and all this stuff. So I've always wanted to try the reformer. So there is a like a five introduction to the reformer Pilates. It's like the machine that's yeah. all the cables and you slide and stuff, whatever. Um, so I'm starting that in January and I'm so excited because I haven't taken like my workouts have typically been either for the last while on the Peloton at the gym, lifting weights on my own. And I love doing my own classes. Like I love doing my own stuff within a group, right? Which is why I love the idea of like Pilates. I'm not doing a ton of like partner work or having to do stuff with other people. I want to focus on my own body and my movement, but I'm just really excited because I'm excited to meet new people. I'm excited to have something different that's positive to go out and do. Um, And at the same time, like heal my body and the imbalances that I've created in it (laughs) from sitting for so long. Yeah. And from carrying your son for sure. No. And I agree. I mean, and I guess we'll just jump to that one right now. Cause one of the other top trends was the idea of fitness for mental health. And that's kind of what you're talking about. And, you know, I feel like that has always been something that a lot of people have paid attention to, but I feel like now more so over the past couple of years, people have realized that it's such a great outlet. Like it's become more, um, there's more awareness around, excuse me, awareness around the ideas of the benefits of doing um, workouts and exercise and movement for mental health. So it's not just about the physical health, but it's also about the mental health, the emotional well-being, and um, you know because exercise has been linked to helping with you know anxiety and depression and you know boosting even just like self-esteem and self-awareness and all of those things. So I think that that's being listed on a trend kind of list. I don't know if it's like necessarily a trend, but it's something that's definitely where people are prioritizing it more. Well, and I think it needs to be talked about more from that perspective. I agree. Like in the academy, when, you know, with our students, obviously we talk about helping people transform their physical health and their physical body through fitness and nutrition. But we also talk a lot about the mental health benefits of it. And I think it needs to be positioned more as that because, you know, I was talking over the holidays with my family about this. Because it's still such a challenge for people to get motivated to work out, right? Or motivated to change their nutrition because they don't feel good. They don't feel good right now. Either they're down in the dumps or, you know, they're dealing with mental health or they are dealing with something physical or they, you know, are unhappy in their bodies or whatever it is. So it's kind of this like chicken before the egg thing. It's like if they started exercising and focusing on nutrition, that would help to alleviate that. But it's so hard to focus on that because they want to feel better before they do it. You know what I mean? Like it's the thing that makes you feel better. And, but we don't, I don't think it's talked about enough in our society of how much actual physical movement and nutrition can completely transform the way that you feel, the way that you think, and not necessarily like, you know, there's so many different mental health issues, but it is proven that it is like one of the best natural drugs that you can use, right? Cause you create endorphins in your body. There's all these neurotransmitters that get fired. And even for me, like this past month, cause I was saying like my injury and then I had, you know, visitors down and my workouts were all over the place. And I usually try to do four days a week of gym. And then I do one day a week at home and then two days a week of like walking and stuff. And, um, 
I was all over the place and my mental health, like I felt it. I was feeling really low and I didn't, and I put it together again. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is because I have not been working out. And for me, it is such a natural, like antidepressant, I guess. And also it allows me to physically work through whatever it is I'm dealing with because I'm also a big believer and I dealt with anxiety for a long time. Like that it's, that's energy that's stuck in your body. When you have somewhere to release it, whether that be like running or strength training or Pilates or yoga, or, you know, like actually moving your body, I feel like you're able to process it better. Now that's my own personal opinion. I'm not saying I'm not a doctor. I don't know that, but that's what has worked for me is that it's such a actual physical release of what emotions are bottled up for me. So I don't know. I just really think we need to start thinking and also like doctors and nurses and people in mainstream healthcare needs to be prescribing this more as a form of, of support for people who are suffering from mental health. Cause it's, we're seeing it's the number one thing on the rise in our communities right now. I agree. I agree with that. And I think, you know, to add to that too, when you were talking about like group fitness and things like that, I think using health and fitness and movement as a form of support for mental health or an outlet for, you know, for yourself, it's, it is good because it can be in groups. Like you said, having that community aspect, having like other people just to be around or doing it. If you're doing like personal, that's like your alone time, your downtime, that like space to give you space from everything else, the other chaos in your life. So I think that there's just so many different ways that you can look at it. And it's really just about finding the pathway that works for you. So definitely I agree with that being on this trend list, but I don't necessarily know if it's a trend or if it's just something that is more of like an awareness thing. Yeah. Like I think what they're, I think what they mean by it. And I think we're going to see that too. I think we're going to see a lot more, like I was saying, like the marketing towards it. Mm -hmm. Right. So instead of being like, Oh, you know, do this workout to get a six pack for vanity purposes. It's more like, you know, do this workout to, you know, get endorphins to feel better. You know what I mean? Like natural antidepressants, deal with anxiety, deal with depression, like that kind of stuff. I could see that shift kind of happening because that's the words that people are using a lot more, right? Like, so then the third thing on this, um, trending list was, or excuse me. Yeah. I guess the third, cause we skipped past one we skipped all the way to the other one. Um, the third one would be mobility training. And I know you just talked about that with your Pilates sort of idea. Now the thing with mobility training is that a lot of people think of mobility training as like flexibility, same thing, same way that a lot of people think of yoga, right? Like they think of yoga as like, Oh, I can't do yoga cause I'm not flexible or I can't. It's that whole chicken and egg thing again, that you're thinking about the thing with mobility training is mobility training is about learning to develop mobility. It's like functional movements. It's like allowing your body to move in the way. Like, this is how I always think of it. It's like, we have our joints and a lot of times our joints get really stiff. Right. And like, think about like your hip joint, your hip joint is like a ball and socket. So it should actually be able to go in like a full circle motion because it is like a ball and socket. But yeah, like if you look at a baby, they're like, yeah, exactly like that. Like, like how many times you see babies and they're like, just like eating their toes, or like putting them on their head and stuff like that's that's like crazy hypermobility, right? That they have. But then over time, what happens is our mobility lessens because we don't use our mobility. Like we don't open things up. We don't stretch. We don't um, move in the same ways. And so mobility training is really just about giving your body the ability to move the way it's built to move. That's how I think of it. And so that's actually one of the most popular things. And I think it's really great that that's going to be something that's trending because it's 
taking away the focus from, again, from like, you know, um, strength training or cardiovascular, which are all still part of, you know, not necessarily a trend, but still should be part of everybody's focus, but it's adding in mobility. So it's, it's like an end game. Like it's bringing mobility and saying, okay, I'm going to do my strength training. or I'm going to do my cardiovascular training. or I'm going to do, you know, my, um, whatever my dance workouts or whatever it is, but then I'm also going to add in this mobility aspect because I want to have that ability to be able to move my body at any stage in life in the same capacity. And I think of it from that perspective for myself, even because as you know, I've had like quite a few injuries over the past little while. And I'm like, I'm all about rehabilitating it because I'm like, I don't want to not be able to move in a certain way because it's really, it's really like overwhelming for me. Well, and I think one of the really big things is in our current world is because we are very sedentary, right? Like the majority of people who work in offices, I was reading about this, like the amount that they actually move throughout the day is less than like 2000 steps. And that is, you know, basically getting up, getting in their car. And to give you guys context, like you aim for about 10,000 steps a day, right? Mm -hmm that's very unrealistic for a lot of people unless they are purposefully getting up and moving around, but sitting for long periods of time, right? Like it's really hard on your back. It's hard on your hips. It's like, this is where things start to stiffen up. Right. And then also because you're not like utilizing those muscles, which they should be. Um, and I can't think of the word right now, cause I'm still in holiday brain <laughs> when, you know, when you extend know, and then like when you idea. shorten the muscle, it lengthens and shortens. I can't remember right now what that's called, <laughs> but basically what happens is when we sit for long periods of time, like that should be a very natural motion. It's things get really tight and they can't do that. So there's a lot of times, even with like, you know, when I was pregnant, like pelvic floor health, people think that, you know, when you have pelvic floor issues, like peeing your pants, um, it's because the muscles are too loose, but it's actually, it can also happen if the muscles are too tight, right? So mobility helps to build that strength and loosen, like elongate and like have the muscle do its natural flow, which we just sit way too much. And we're also hunched over on our computers, hunched over on our phones. Um, and our bodies, like if my, I guess it's my grandmother-in-law, my husband's grandmother. She's 90. She's now 95. And she literally works out still every single day. She does swimming. She does walking. She does um, stretching. She does yoga because her mentality is that if you don't use it, you lose it. So a body in motion will stay in motion. And that's just what she has believed. And that's what she does. And her body has like, obviously her workouts have changed as she's aged based on her capabilities, but she still moves every day because of that, right? Like she doesn't want to have uh, pain in her joints. She doesn't want to seize up. And it's funny because it's like the more, like a lot of people will not exercise because their bodies hurt, but the more you move your body, the less it hurts if you do it in a way that's safe for you. So it's kind of like, again, like it's, I hate that statement, the chicken or the egg, but it's like that, like all of these things are that, right? Like exercise helps with all of these things, but sometimes getting to the point of exercising, it's hard because whether it be your body's working against you at the time or your motivation is, or, um, you know, like your mental health or whatever it is. But the thing that's going to make you feel so much better is getting involved in these types of trainings. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. And it goes back to what I said in the beginning where a lot of people think like, Oh, in order for me to do that, like in order for me to 
do yoga, I have to be flexible. Or in order for me to do a boot camp, I have to be fit. Or in order for me to, and we've heard this over the years as coaches, right? Like how many times when we were running our boot camps would we have people come and they're like, I didn't know if I could do this because I thought maybe I had to work out before joining a boot camp, right? Like they think that there has to be this extra step in advance. But really, what you need to do is you need to find the program that works for you that's going to meet you where you're at and help build from there. So, well, it's even like in, in our certifications, right? Some people are like, oh, I can't get certified because I'm not fit enough yet. Right. So it's like kind of, it, but I always think of life, it's not an and or game, or sorry, it's not an or game, it's an and game. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can be working on my fitness and work on becoming certified. You know what I mean? Like, instead of I have to be fit or get certified, like, be unfit or be fit and get certified. Like, so it's just, it's interesting because we all have that, that like limiting beliefs that come up for us. Definitely. Now, the next one I'm going for trends, I'm going to kind of group two together and that's um, posture workouts and standing ab workouts. Cause I feel like we can kind of like jump through those, but they're kind of the, not the same, but like they kind of in my brain, like they kind of go together because <laughs> it's like, so Posture workouts, they're saying, are going to be one of the biggest trends as well. And this is really around the idea. I think it's, you know, they're seeking, um, people seeking movement and exercise kind of goes into like the mobility stuff. It's all kind of tied together, right? And it's basically you want to have a comfortable, pain-free life and you want to look for workouts that are going to help support your spine, um, your abdominals. You basically want to have everything so that you're able to keep upright because I think that there's so many people you know, think about again, people sitting all the time, people working on computers all the time, hunched over, right? I know even for me, I feel like I've got terrible posture now. And oh, me too. I even right now, as you were just talking, I'm always like, you no, even as you were just talking, you say posture. <laughs> I literally like sat up straighter because for me, what I find is happening is that I'm sitting on the computer, I'm letting my lower back, like I'm not Hunch. sitting up straight, holding in my core, I'm letting my lower back round. And then I get up and I feel like my lower back is sore. So, oh. I have an ergonomic chair and everything. So like I, that's one of the reasons why too, I'm getting into Pilates this year. Yeah. But I think that it's so interesting, right? Cause it's and all, it's not even that it's also people being on their phones all the time, like always like this. And like, just, there's just things that we do on a day-to-day basis now that we do a lot more of than we used to do say 10 years ago. And people are seeing the effects of it on their bodies. And yeah. so I think that um, a focus around that. But again, that kind of goes into, in my opinion, it's kind of the same as like mobility, like postural workouts, mobility, all of that kind of stuff kind of ties in together. And then of course, abdominal workouts, they're saying are going to be focused more around standing ab workouts, which I always thought was really cool. Cause I know we've focused a lot on standing ab stuff, like in our bootcamp programs and things like that. We used to teach a lot of like standing ab stuff and talking about how your core activates in a lot of movements that you do anyways. But what they're saying is one of the trends is kind of getting away from like the old school, like crunches and bicycles kind of thing. And then looking more at standing workouts um, for your core. But again, your core is the thing that supports your posture, right? Your your whole trunk. So it's like, that's why I'm saying they all kind of tie together because I think that they're all going to be like, if you're going to focus on one, you're probably going to focus on all of these trends at the same time. Well, you know, what's funny too, is like, I always feel like for standing abs, well, I love standing abs, first of all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love standing abs and I love doing ab workouts, like as you were saying, as part of other exercises. Yeah. And this is a question that we get asked a lot because when we're teaching our programming section, 
we don't necessarily like in our certifications, we don't necessarily have a dedicated portion to abs and everyone always asks it, right? They're like, well, where's the abs section? Where's the core section? And for us, we're like, sometimes we, cause we have to change the way we think of core workouts, right? Like usually it's like, oh, I'm doing my cardio or I'm doing my leg day. And then I'm going to do abs at the end. And cause that's always been the way it's been taught. Right. But tying in standing ab workouts with things like, for example, deadlifts are amazing for your core squats are amazing for your core. So you're getting like double bang for your buck. So it's also like, it's just interesting and shifting that, you know what I mean? Like in the way of thinking about core workouts, instead of being like, Oh, I have to do crunches at the end, which also guys crunches. There's been so many studies about if you're not doing them very, very properly, you can really damage your neck and also, you know, have issues with posture later on. So, and also if you've had a baby, they're not, they're not great either when it comes to diastasis recti. So like there's certain things that obviously planks and standing abs are so much better for, but just shifting the way you even think about ab workouts, like tying them in instead of being like a separate standalone. I think that's like, and also it's interesting because when you focus on it in those types of movements too, you're benefiting from building straight throughout the whole chain. You know what I mean? As opposed to being like, oh, I'm just building my glutes and then I'm building my abs. You're building your glutes and your abs together as they work in that motion. Right. Cause everything is interconnected, right? And yeah. So it's in the, and that's kind of why I was saying like, even if you're going to be focused on postural workouts, you're going to be focused on core workouts. Like all of those things are going to be interconnected. Um, and I think that if you are focused on like postural workouts, I know we're saying standing abs, but even in that, like, like you were saying just right now, as you're sitting and you sit up straight, you realize that you have to hold in your core. You have to do these things in order to have, to be able to sit upright. You have to like engage. And it's not like about like holding it so tight, but it's about like slight engagement. And it's the same thing with movements. If you're doing deadlifts or things like that, you're going to have engagement in your core in order to support your lower back. Right. So there's still that like activation that's happening if you're doing certain movements in your day-to-day life. So, um, so I agree with that trend. And I think that it's a, I think it's a good thing that people are starting to realize or, um, will start to see different ways of activating their core and not focused on just like that old school approach, because things do like there is innovation, right. When it comes to like health and wellness and things change. And so it's just, well, and it's really interesting too. like, even after having my son, you know, he'll be two in April, which is crazy. But after, when I got cleared to work out again, one of the major things I, I went back to really focusing on core and I, in my previous workouts, I didn't like, it was always kind of an afterthought, which was, I've said this on the podcast too, which is also stretching for me is always something I have to like force myself to do. And a lot of times skip which is so bad, which again is why I'm going to the Pilates to lengthen out. But, um, but yeah, like I just found the difference in my core strength after having a baby versus before is so much better because I've been intentional about it though. Right. I haven't just been like, Oh, I'm just going to do a little bit core workouts here. I actually have been more focused on. And when we talk about core guys, we're not just talking about your abs. It's your entire trunk, right? Your back, your abs, your transverse, which run down your side. And I always think of the core, like the trunk of a tree, like your branches can break off, you know, but you need to have a strong, a strong trunk or the tree will die. And I'm not saying you got, you're going to die, but everything comes from your core. It's your foundation. So if your core is not strong, but your, your 
you know, biceps are strong, your legs are strong. You are going to have problems later on with your back or, you know what I mean? Like with whatever it is. So it's so important to focus on it, but I just found, yeah, like since I put, did an intentional focus, my core strength is so much better than it was even before my baby. So then the final trend that um, Shape was predicting for 2023 in terms of fitness trends is primal movements. And primal movements, I I agree. And I think that that's been something that's been kind of like an up and coming trend. And primal movements is essentially just thinking about movements for everyday life, like functional movements, like bear crawls and um, squats and looking at like movements that you actually do on a farmer's walks where you're think imagining yourself like carrying heavy groceries. That's kind of a farmer's walk, right? Where you're holding like heavy weights and you're walking. And it's just, it's thinking about movements that are like, you can incorporate them or you can see how these movements will help with everyday movements. That's how I always describe it. Um, And so they're saying that that's going to become much more of a trend as well for 2023. And I, again, I think it all goes back to all of this that we're talking about, like how people are now focused on mobility and core and movement for everyday living. And all of it is sort of interconnected. It's like a big web of like looking at it and saying, when I look at all these trends, I kind of think it's looking at it as these are all things that are going to help you on a day-to-day basis for your mental health, for your physical health, for your well-being, for your everyday movement and lifestyle. So, well, the one thing that I found too, is like, when I look back, I love primal movements. And when we had our boot camp, we always focused on primal movements. Mm -hmm. So I also just think of them as like the basics, right? Like back to basics. So like a push up, a squat, a deadlift, a plank, a bear crawl, like things again, like you said, they are like your everyday movements. Mm -hmm. But also the thing I love about them is you can, you have access to them anywhere. Now, yes, you do want to do some resistance training with them to add some more weight. But like, if you're getting started, you could do an amazing workout in your living room with those five exercises. And I always remember going back to teaching our boot camps. like there'd be, you know, some of our workouts, we'd have some really fun variations of those, but they all stem from those core basic movements, mm-hmm. right? So we'd be doing like a really fun spider push-up or um, a plie squat or a sumo squat, but it's still a squat, right? So I just think I love primal movements too, because I think it, it, it's very simple for people to understand and to perfect. And when you perfect those, you can do anything else building off of them and get creative with all the other stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's also accessible to everybody because you can really do them anywhere. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Now, what would you say, Laura, for you is one thing that you feel is, was a trend that is now maybe going to go away for 2023, or at least not be as much of a focus? Is there anything that you think or something that you think is not on that list that should be? Well, I, one thing, well, a couple things, one thing for fitness, I 100% is I think pedometers need to come back. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not joking because I think that walking is one of the most underrated forms of fitness and it's accessible to most people. If you're able-bodied, you know what I mean? Like walking is very cheap, free, (laughs) basically. Um, And it's so not only just to your, again, your mobility, to your everyday health, to your cardiovascular, to but also for weight loss. And one of our certifications is the Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Coach Certification. And they're not certified in fitness unless they're certified, you know what I mean, through another fitness certification. 
but we do talk about activity coaching and we talk about, um, you know, activity for weight loss and for maintenance. And it's been shown that people who walk and do that throughout their whole life, their ability to maintain weight loss and maintain their weight is so much easier. So I find with pedometers, I just have always loved them because I think it gives you a measurable, it gives you an idea of knowing, okay, like I've walked a thousand steps today. I've walked 5,000 steps. Oh, I want to try to walk 6,000 steps next week. And it just brings it into your awareness more instead of being like, oh, well, I went for a walk. You know what I mean? Like it's a little bit more. And I think it's, it's very accessible to everybody. There's mall walking, there's walking outdoors. Like if you live somewhere cold, you can go walking in gyms or in malls or, you know, wherever. And again, I think it's a really great way to meet people too. So I think pedometers are, and, should be coming and back. I mean, like you could go with like old school pedometers, like that clip onto your belt, or you could do apps. Like I have my app on my phone and I check it every day, religiously. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, I always check it. And I'm like, how did I do today against my own personal check? Right. Like it's not, it's not a com- like competition. It's not anything. Have you actually seen those other things though? This is so cool. Tied into that is, um, the new trend, and I think it should be a new trend, which is these um, medals that you can get. So you can actually join these challenges. They're walking challenges, but they're challenges to be like, you would climb Mount Everest. So you actually have to do X amount of steps. And then when you prove that you've done X amount of steps, then it's equivalent to climbing Mount Everest. So obviously you're not climbing Mount Everest, but it's the equivalent amount of steps required to climb Mount Kilimanjaro or whatever. And then when you complete it, you get like a little medal that says like, I've walked X amount of steps and you get like a little medal. So it's giving you that like affirmation of like, oh, that worked. But it's also just a really cool way of like making it so that you have sort of a goal in mind. So I thought that was really cool. I don't remember what it's called, but I saw it online. I almost did it because I was like, oh, I'm just curious. Well, yeah. And they have like, if you have a Fitbit, they already have challenges built into that and they have medals in that. Yeah. So I think there is a similar thing, like they'll do comparables, but for people who are more motivated by competition or competing with themselves, there are, like you said, like you could sign up for get a Fitbit, which is a bit more of an investment or do there's free apps online that have that as well, or sign up for something like that. Like there's so many different ways to use it, but I just really feel like walking I I think a lot of times when someone is starting their fitness journey or has not been active, all of this stuff, like mobility training and posture work, like, it just seems so overwhelming, right? Like it feels overwhelming for me sometimes to hear all of these things. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, you've got to do this and this and this, but it's like, can you get out and can you walk and can you hit this number or try to hit this number and use that as a goal? You know what I mean? For a 30 day challenge, go out there and walk 5,000 steps a day, right? Like that feels accessible and doable for a lot more people. So I just think that to make fitness more inclusive and walking too, like if you go out and walk in nature, you're also getting the benefits of, you know, nature to help you relax. And it's just, it's moving meditation depending on where you do it. Or if you're just like, okay, I'm going to go meet a friend for coffee and I'm going to let's go for a walk and have coffee instead of sitting and having coffee. Like it just starts to bring movement into your day-to-day life more. And I just think it's so important. Or even just you, and just to add to that, like also one of my favorite things, as you know, is like my walk and talks. So anytime I have a call, whether it's with a friend or whether it's like a sales call or a call with like a new student coming into the academy or anything like that, if I can, if I can take it to go, I do put on my headphones and I walk and I talk and I don't have to walk fast or anything. I just have to like, 
but it's just about being sort of more intentional with that time. So I'm still totally engaged in the conversation, but I'm just allowing myself to like move a little bit. And it's a really great way to like break up your day. So if you are someone who sits at a desk a lot, look at ways, is there a way that you could even, if you have a meeting with like one of the people in your team, can you guys do a walk and talk through it? If it's not something that you have to actually like physically show something, if you're just talking ideas, brainstorming, can you do that while you're moving? Well, and I also think, you know, and I teach this habit in the holistic nutrition weight loss coach certification, it's how to help your clients adapt a mindset of movement. And a mindset of movement is different to a workout mentality, right? Like that is, if you can adopt a mindset of movement and really embrace that, that's when you can shift so much when it comes to your, your fitness and your health and your continuous commitment to it, because it becomes who you are. And we've talked about this in other podcasts about the idea of like a habit when the habit becomes who you are, not what you do. That's when it's effortless. That's when it sticks. Right? So for example, for me, I have created this mindset of movement through repetition that I would not lay around on the couch all day unless I intentionally chose that. Like my natural being would feel weird sitting on the couch all day. Whereas for other people who don't have a mindset of movement, that it would feel weird for them to get up and move every day. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do we start to shift into a mindset of movement? And that's why I love pedometers. Because I think it's a visual representation or a reminder to get up and do it and do it and do it until it becomes who you are. You know what I mean? Like that is what, that's really to me what it is. And I think a lot of people, they get so caught up in beating themselves up about not doing it good enough or not being enough. And I think that that's, that's the poison for a lot of people when it comes to, you know, fulfilling an exercise routine or creating a new healthy way of living is because it's almost like they just see it as a destination. Like I've got to get there. And if I'm not there, I'm not good enough. It's not like, okay, this is just, I'm creating this whole mindset of movement. I'm becoming someone who's fit. I'm becoming someone who moves every day. And that will benefit you more than just doing these like short workouts here and there. For sure. And what was the other thing? Cause I know you said you had a couple. Oh yeah. The last one, this is about nutrition though. So we were talking yeah. about this offline. So you know, I follow all the trends too. And I, you guys might've heard me talk about like the idea of there's always a macronutrient of the year. That is like the, yes, <laughs> the highlight, the superstar. So, you know, or the they, one that's like the bad. <laughs> yeah. One becomes the like the leading lady and one is the villain. Right. So in the nineties, it was, you know, fat was the villain. Remember fat makes you fat. And then carbs were like the leading lady. Then it went to Atkins time and it was like protein was the leading lady. And then, um, you know, carbs were bad and fat was kind of like whatever. And then now we had the keto diet and then it's like, oh my gosh, fat is amazing carbs are terrible and you only should have a little bit of protein. So it's like this interesting shift, right? And I feel like into this coming year, I feel like the keto diet is really going to not be as popular. Um, because I think so many people have tried it and a lot of people don't do it properly. And then there is, you know what I mean? It's not sustainable. And so I think the keto diet is going to kind of go out. I have two kind of predictions. The first one is, I think that, um, sust- well, it sounds so lame, but people are looking for sustainable, right? Which is why the keto diet has been, I believe, in my opinion, kind of going more out. 
because people realize this again is something I can only really do for a short period of time. It's not conducive to day-to-day life. And for a lot of people, they don't thrive on it. So they don't feel good. They don't reach their weight loss goals. They don't, you know, whatever the reason is they're on it. Yeah. And for so I think what people are looking for is more of something like the holistic, sustainable approach. And I'm not just saying that because we teach a course about holistic weight loss, but I think that when it comes to weight loss, when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to health, people are looking for more of a holistic approach and something that they actually can do for life. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of students come in the academy, a lot of their clients they talk to me about who are just like, I've tried everything. I'm so fed up. I don't want another fad diet or another thing to follow. I want to find something that works for me. So I think there's going to be this shift. I think we're going to see that in marketing too. There's going to be a lot more talking about holistic and things like that. So if you are thinking about getting certified, this is the time because you'll be ahead of the trend. Um, And then the other one is I think... I think the next superstar is going to be fiber. And I've been talking about fiber forever and ever and ever. If you guys listen to this podcast, you know, I talk about fiber all the time. I feel like it's time for us to shift back to carbs being kind of more of like the leading lady, but not the high process refined carbs or, you know, really focusing on low glycemic, high fiber carbs. And I think that that's going to be the next trend. I actually agree with you. And I mean, we haven't talked about this, but by even you just saying that, I'm like, I think about all of the marketing and the messaging that I get, you know, that I see and that I get fed over and over again. And there is, there's so much conversation right now about fiber and it's starting to like ramp up. So I feel like there is going to be some sort of like a, a new diet fad. that's going to have its own name and it's going to be something that is around high fiber, like mid carb, maybe I feel like we, we should be leaving this charge because yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> We're going to create it, <laughs> but it's true. I think that, um, I think there should be a shift in that though, too, because I think it's something that is more sustainable and it's something that can be, can be adaptable for people. And we'll just give more of a balanced meal approach. Right. Well, and for anyone who is looking for fat loss and weight loss, Fiber is one of your best friends when you're in a caloric deficit. It's yeah. going to make you feel full. It also is amazing for your gut health, for your digestion, for it to go to the bathroom, to get rid of all the toxins in your body. Like there's so many things. And what people, the number one thing people struggle with with weight loss is usually feeling like they're hungry and unsatisfied. And they're, then they start fighting willpower. But yeah. that's because they're not eating properly to get their body in balance. So fiber is one of the key tools that we teach too in the academy to really help to get the body into balance and balance out cravings. So then that, then as you work on the other areas, you also start to balance out hormones and all this other stuff. So fiber is a goodie. So that's my, that is my prediction. So we'll see next year if, uh, if that's, what's going to happen. I know I'm excited. So we'll have to, at the end of next year, we'll make sure that we do like a recap of was Laura's predictions. Correct. (laughs) <laughs> and we're are both predictions correct about group fitness becoming such a huge trend again. And I think it will. Um, all right. With that said, we're going to wrap up for today. Um, we'd love to hear from you too. So make sure that you comment below. Let us know what you think is one of the trends that you maybe are going to try test or something that you feel is um, on its way up and coming. So we'd love to hear from you. Make sure that you comment below this. And of course, if you 
um, are interested, as I mentioned, in getting certified in starting 2023 off and making 2023 the year of health and wellness for you. We have our fitness and nutrition pro bundles available. This is the only time that we've ever offered them as a bundled opportunity to take all of our certifications in one place. You can check it out at fitchicksacademy.com forward slash bundles, but it's only available until December 31st. So check it out. Um, and thanks so much for listening, everyone. And we will see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out.